Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens, I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Zivyverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Zivyverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZivyOwens.com to learn more, and follow me on Instagram at ZivyOwens. Bess Kalb is the author of Buffalo Fluffalo. Bess is an Emmy-nominated comedy writer and the best-selling author of Nobody Will Tell You This But Me, a New York Times editor's choice. She wrote for eight years on Jimmy Kimmel Live and has written for the Emmy Awards, the Academy Awards, and the 2020 Democratic National Convention. She is the head writer and executive producer of the WGA award-nominated Yearly Departed, an Amazon comedy special, and is currently adapting Nobody Will Tell You This But Me into a feature film with sight unseen pictures she lives with her husband and two boys in Brooklyn. This is her debut picture book. Find her online, bestcalb.com. Welcome, Bess. Thanks for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This time to discuss Buffalo Fluffalo. Thank you so much, Zibby. Thank you for fitting me in. Thank you for having me. It is such a delight. Now I feel like I have released a book. I'm on your podcast, and so it's real. This is it. You know, without this, I mean, this is, it. It even, is it even a book? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think they actually, they say the publication date is the day that you come on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
so funny. Um, okay, you have eight million things going on. Why a children's book? Why this children's book? Where did you come up with Buffalo Fluffalo? Tell me the whole story. When when did this even originate? All of it. So my whole job, my job, if you ask my oldest son, is clown, is making him laugh. Okay. And he's not an easy laugh. I have a kid who you really have to work for the reaction. It's mm-hmm. not, he's not an easy audience, which is a nightmare as a comedy writer and a mother. Um, <laughs> and when he was about 18 months old, my husband got him a book to like indoctrinate him about national parks to eventually take him camping. And there was like beautiful vistas. And on one page, it was like, and here's the buffalo. And I was reading it to him, trying to, you know, be in the agenda with him. I and mean, I was like, here's a buffalo. And he looked at me and it was a silly word. And I just sort of went with it, and I said, a buffalo fluffalo. And he <laughs> lost his mind laughing. It just, for whatever reason, was a silly turn of phrase that the word buffalo feels made up. And buffalo fluffalo just took it over the edge. And I was like, okay, I have hit a child's funny bone that is not a very sensitive funny bone. And so maybe there's something to this. And I also, I'm, I'm holding up the book now, but there's this sort of surly face that he's making. And that was based on a picture of of my kid (laughs) making that exact face. There's nobody more serious than the two-year-old version of my child. And when he was snarly and gnarly and gruff, he he really felt it. And as the mom of two boys now, I know how that feeling of, I need to act tough. I need to act strong. I need to sort of project this, this invulnerability. I know how, how big that is. And I wanted to write a book for him that A, made him laugh, and B, made him realize he doesn't have to act tough. And it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be, to feel how you feel. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can feel upset. But know that when you treat people with kindness and when you let your guard down, the people who love you will love you anyway. So, you know, it came from wanting to give my son something that sort of hit all of his buttons, made him happy, made him feel okay. And that he was a nuffalo. And that he was a Nuffalo, and he really is. Um, Yeah. And I honestly, like, I know you have four kids of your own. You have a couple of sons. (laughs) When I found out I was pregnant with a boy, so many people got me books that were, like, Little Feminist or, Mm. like, Eleanor Roosevelt, a picture biography, which, great, important, all of them. And, like, we have them. They're on both of my kids' shelves. But there wasn't something that was written specifically to resonate with him and to let him know that this is not a book that is pedantic or has an agenda, but the secret agenda that is very pedantic is dismantling toxic masculinity from the inside. Mm. And it's really a way to sort of say, I know how the world is telling you you need to act and you need to feel, but sometimes just being the most radical act of empathy is just being a good person and being kind to the people around you. And yeah, I mean, I, I want to raise a good human. And I wrote a book to sort of help to, to do that. <laughs> well, I'm surprised your publisher did not put the subtitle Dismantling Toxic Masculinity on the but cover. Here's the thing. My All of my child editors for this book, and there was a lot of child labor that went into this book. All of my <laughs> friends' kids were editors and test subjects so many times. But most of my editors were little girls. And I wrote this 
for, I have a very, very serious, I'm Jewish, we don't really have goddaughters, but she's my best friend's daughter. I'm Auntie Bess to her. And I wrote it for, you know, my my Jewish goddaughter <laughs> um, to make her laugh and help her understand that, you know, being tough and feeling and acting tough is definitely not something that is just belonging to one gender. Mm -hmm. I certainly acted like this as a child. My son is in many ways more of a reflection of me than anybody else. Hmm. And so I wrote it for her and I wrote it for the girls who helped edit it for comedy and for relatability and for coziness. And I wrote it for all kids to hopefully reflect their feelings back to them in a way that felt real and relatable. I love it. Sometimes the funny is the best way in, right? You totally. Captive audience. <laughs> yes. So where do you think the whole I want to make people laugh thing comes from in and of itself, right? Because this pervades yeah. a lot of your work. I forgot every time I talk to you, it's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am the kid of two very serious people. My dad worked all the time in a very high-stakes situation and dealt with a lot of real sadness as part of his job. My dad ran the intensive care unit at Mount Sinai Hospital, where there are 13 beds who are all trying to die. And so every day he would come home with this sort of look on his, his face, this sort of thousand-yard stare. I now realize what it is. And every day he would read books to me. And he would lose himself in characters and voices. My dad is the funniest person I know. And this book is partially dedicated to him. My dad is a fabulous doctor, and he's also an amazing nanny. <laughs> and I grew up as, as his kid seeing somebody who dealt with so much horror and sadness. He would read me children's books like The Stinky Cheese Man. And there was a book, Hey Willie, See the Pyramids by Myra Kalman. Mm -hmm. And books that were so funny and so great. And he did voices for everybody. And I remember thinking, oh, well, we can go into this comedy world where everything is fine and we're having a great time and sort of bond over children's books. In my world, they were just books. But it sort of set me up for, like, this being my destiny where— I would finally write one that he could read to my kids. And we spoke about my last book. It was a book about grief, but it also leaned into comedy because I believe that dealing with serious subjects is something that, like, I, f I find it's most effective to deal with serious subjects when you balance the humor inherent to life, especially in the most dramatic moments with the serious, without, you know, deflecting or covering up from, from what needs to be said. But I think the two go hand in hand all the time, whether it's a children's book or an adult book. Yes. And then I feel like people feel guilty about it, but you have to find the humor. Otherwise, how do you get through? I don't know. If there's no offsetting, it's just the darkness. Totally. Like your podcast studio here. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, this is a real... <laughs> I feel like I'm truly speaking to you from, like, the back of a van. <laughs> I know. It, it really is the kind of thing that—there are so many books that I read my kids, and I am a fan of children's books. Like, I get really into them, and I look forward to story time every night with my kids. But there are some that I'm like, ah, this was written with an agenda or with a mission. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, this is a little bit hitting everybody over the head. And then some that I remember from my childhood that I'm like, oh, this one is so lovely. It's about giving. I'm like, well, this tree needed boundaries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I will be editing as I read. Yeah. 
<laughs> and she was like, you have my permission to take my branches. <laughs> but This is what it's like to be in a relationship with a narcissist. <laughs> totally. Totally. Who will not change. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tree, for teaching us Thank you, Tree, early. for teaching us that. Totally. There's, there's wisdom in a lesson and even the ones that you feel like you have not stood the test of time. <laughs> but... Truly, I was trying to write one that got the message across, but in a way that made kids excited to read it and made parents laugh. Yeah. Well, we all need laughter, especially totally. in these dark times. and in these horrifying times. You've been so great about the things you've posted, which also have a mix of humor and horror regularly. So yes. I really appreciate it from the beginning. You've been just so regular in the way you craft your notes. It's like little essays all the time, little vignettes, and it's amazing. Anyway. Thank you. You know, I that's I think there is something, especially in the past few months for comedy, where I've found that, you know, even in this horrible, dark time in the world, there are moments that without minimizing suffering, there are ways to remember how connected we are through comedy. And there is there is sort of a shared language and a shared understanding through comedy that I think brings us brings us together. Absolutely. Can feel very healing as well for a comedy writer just to just to write it. So I'm glad it's resonated. It's helpful for me. Yes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I saw that since we talked last time, your book is being adapted for film. That is so fun. Yes. Tell me all about it. That is so exciting. That is what I am working on upstairs. Nobody Will Tell You This But Me is my adult book, and there is a brilliant director, Elizabeth Chomko, attached to it, and a great production company, Sight Unseen Pictures. And, you know, we sort of survived the writer's strike and now are back to bringing my grandma Bobby to the screen, which is sort of where she's always belonged. And are you adapting it yourself? With Elizabeth. With Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a brilliant writer, and so now oh, I'm I thought you said she was the director. Of, sorry, I thought she's, you said oh, director. she's both. She, sorry, she's oh. she's a director and and co-writer of it. Got it. 
And I'm going through and doing a dialogue pass right now, which is living with my grandma in my head again. And it's surprisingly, I mean, talking about like writing cathartically, it really has been in a way that the book was very like crying at my desk, a labor of of deep emotion and like unearthing grief and, and being connected to my family. This feels like so much lighter, even though it goes to exactly the same places of grief that the book goes. For whatever reason, like, hearing her voice being just in the dialogue makes it so much funnier. <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a much funnier movie than the book was a funny book. Wow. I mean, it was a funny book, though. Yeah. To- no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, my, I think my maybe my experience is just different. I cried a lot writing the book, and I am laughing a lot writing the movie. Okay. All right. Well, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to even think of which grandmother of mine would most want— to have a movie written about her, but I feel like it's it might be a tie. <laughs> oh, what grandmother doesn't? Yeah. I mean, the yeah. It, I also am really thinking about my grandma's mom, my great grandmother, who was always at the movies. She was somebody who like in when where she lived in Brooklyn in the turn of the century. The coldest place you could go on a hot day was the movie theater, and so she would pay a nickel and sit there all day and see every movie. And so she became the cinephile, basically out of like a poverty need to be in the freon air. She was always at the movie. She became obsessed with them, and so this really does feel like a fitting tribute to her. Like now, now she'll be on film. Wow. Is there like another book in the children's book? Thing, are you going to rhyme two more things? Sheep. I don't know. I can't even think of anything funny. That's, not, she, yeah. That's the worst. That's literally <laughs> so the worst no. I could actually think of, especially because there are 8 million books about sheep. But anyway, maybe some there other. Are. But you've you've written children's books. You are also like a pioneer in this space. Oh, Princess hardly. Charming. <laughs> I'm hardly a pioneer. I would not call it a pioneer. No, but but I feel like you could well, just go down this this whole like rhyming animal thing. No? Totally. I mean, I don't know if I'm al- I, I think I'm allowed. It hasn't been announced yet. All right. You, you, you heard it here um, first. <laughs> you heard it here first. So I so even before Buffalo Fluffalo came out, I sold the sequel. So there is a another Buffalo Fluffalo story doesn't end. Amazing. At the end of this when he's getting hugged and kissed. There is a book based on my second son that's coming out that involves another little person who enters Buffalo Fluffalo's life. Again, written out of necessity to explain to my oldest child what was happening when I got pregnant again. I'm having this flash forward of you, like, getting your kids ready for college. And you're like, and yes. here's this about, you know, like, really what this peer is. pressure and uh, managing your finances, Buffalo Fluffalo. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, what predatory loans are? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo Fluffalo and going to health services. Yes. Um, <laughs> I am really writing these books because I cannot parent. I need to have a cartoon buffalo do it for me. Yes. Good. <laughs> <That's what it laughs> totally is. normal and healthy. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And tell me about your other, your Amazon TV series that you're working on, too. Like, all these different things. Tell me about that. You know, I, when I have to, like, write on children's applications or or forms or anything like mother's job. It's just sort of like, um, I'm sure you go through this. Yeah. It's like writer, which sounds made up, but I I I like to write stories that I 
kind of do in one, in like one burst of inspiration where it kind of has to come out and this is exactly what I should be writing. And so that's taken a few different forms. There is the adult book. There's this. There was a comedy special on Amazon. Now there's other TV shows that I'm working on. But they all sort of center around similar themes, which is like a little serious with the comedy. And there is a message. And I feel very lucky to have worked in both TV and book writing. And I hope to keep doing that and to never really wear one hat. It just depends on how the story is supposed to be told and who will commission me to write it. So I think I feel most true to myself when I'm being an author. And it's something that I've spoken about before, but TV always feels like someone else's world. But the act, the like solitary act of sitting down and writing something and it exists just between you and your screen or your notebook, like that, that to me feels like the purest form of writing without studio notes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. the, the price you pay for that is that you have to wait like two years for it to come out. Yeah, it's glacial, but I am, I love it. And I love being a children's book author now. I loved working with an illustrator. That was so great. Yes, and I saw your illustrator is known for her woodworking, right? (laughs) She is, she's brilliant. She's so talented. She's a woodblock artist, so she carved these pictures. So she like, there's a template in, in my son's room. I have the like original etching of Buffalo Fluffalo, which was the first place that we see him which is this, this sort of angry buffalo, is carved out of wood and then scanned into her computer, and so she's able to modify him for all the other pages. But Erin Cron is a Canadian illustrator. I was lucky the publisher set me up with her, and she's captured both the silliness and the whimsy, but also the real emotion on everybody's faces. And she also really just depicts the natural world in this very lush and just this very picturesque, beautiful way that it feels like I want to frame lots of these these pages just for the art and just for like the background work. So I'm getting a vision of your your son's rooms now. Totally. Like, <laughs> buffalo fluffalo wallpaper, you know? <laughs> my poor kid. He's like he's like, this is my third favorite book behind three about behind two about it, like trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, like a tour coming for the children's book? Where are you going? What are you excited to do? So my whole tour was canceled for, nobody will tell you this but me, my book was released March 17th, 2020. <laughs> and so everything collapsed. Um, no tour, no no anything. And so this is my first ever book tour and I'm reading to four and five-year-olds <laughs> and it has been delightful. I could not ask for better audiences. For now, I'm in New York, and then in February, I'm going to Connecticut, New Jersey, and then we're probably going to Boston and D.C., and and then hopefully L.A., and I'm so excited about it. It really is just—I think it's the best live feedback I can get as a writer. It's the best editorial staff I could have or like the children in the audience because you see immediately what hits. You see when people start to zone out and fidget and you just become much more clued into what a readership wants out of you. Kids have, you know, for better or for worse, no filter. And it's a really amazing book tour audience to have. I felt like when I was doing some events for my children's book, I was like, it was just very humbling because they would just get up and walk away in the middle. Do you know, like I'm like, like yeah. I'm literally like I can't even get you to listen for five minutes. 
I mean, I come from a comedy writing world, so I have dealt with so many meaner situations than that. Um, at least this isn't out of ego or something. This is just like a pure, like, you know what? Something's over there that reminds me of my dog. And like, I can deal with that. So, I mean, I'm shocked by the questions that I get. I don't know if you had this, like the just, I mean, the unvarnished. I'm sure it's what like my son's preschool teacher deals with all day. But like I did a Q&A recently at PS 183, which was an amazing school. And I was really happy to go there. And these kids were so smart. And I had a little girl ask me, she was like, well, why is he angry? And I was like, oh, you know, I think he feels like he has to act tough because he doesn't want to show people his true feelings. And she was like, she was not satisfied. She was like, but why was he acting mean when he was angry? And it got into this like philosophical conversation that ended in me being like, and when he realizes he needs to be kind, he gets kindness in return. And when you put kindness into the world, you get kindness back. And she was like, but that's not kind to be kind just so people are kind to you. And I was like, no, I, you're fully right. I, I'm like, I know. I know. I'm, I'm like, it's more about like setting an intention and like it should be genuine. And But it was, it really, like I'm getting grilled by these kids. Yeah. And it is so refreshing and great. And I love it. You're like, I'm just putting out some good karma, okay? Let me just put it out. Yeah, I'm just putting out some yeah. good karma, please. <laughs> like, she's like, hmm, who was that lady who cried who came to our school? <laughs> I try to, with these events, I try to have real conversations with the with the students or the kids who are at the bookstores. And like, sometimes when I ask a very open-ended question, like, did anybody feel angry today? And everyone raises their hand. And then they go around the room and they're saying things that, Really, as a mother, I feel very touched by, like, a little boy was like, I feel angry when I feel like nobody's listening to me. Mm. And I was like, I, I totally relate to that. I feel angry when I feel like no one's listening to me. And it was just like, these are small people with huge emotions. And I feel so lucky to be able to, like, hear them, be able to take them seriously. And I go back to my own kids and I I sort of like carry the weight of and the wisdom of all of the kids that I've been around on this book tour and hope it makes me a better mom. Wow. Well, I love that. It's really awesome. And I feel like you should just keep a notebook of the funny things that the other kids say. Totally. On the tour. And- I mean, the biggest tangent was like, I think I just have to like write a note when I go places, which is like, don't bring up pets. Don't bring everybody has a pet and everyone has a 20 minute story about their pet and there's a hundred kids and we don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pets have to wait outside. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Bess, thank you so much for coming back on the show and for the book and all of it. So exciting. I'm just like so rooting for you and everything that you're doing. It's really great. Thank so. you, Zibi. I'm so grateful for you. You've been a champion of all of my books. And this is this is one that's so close to my heart. I, I really genuinely want to hand it out wherever I go. And I'm glad that it's getting into so many people's hands. It makes me feel very validated as a mother of a buffalo fluffalo myself. <laughs> as well it should. Yes. Thank you, Zibi. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.